Ron Patterson has lived much of his life hidden from public view, and a lot of it on the streets. It took me a while to come to realize it, that I didn't like people, and I became even worse so. Like, I don't know, when you go down a certain road, it becomes well-traveled. And you get to learn that road and anything else that is just, you don't even think about it anymore. You, you're used to a routine. After growing up in rural Oregon, Ron served in the Navy before returning to Oregon to escape the anxiousness he felt around other people. A pull for a change and a random throw at a dartboard led him to San Diego, where finding a home took longer than he anticipated. Welcome to My First Day. My name is Andrew Bracken. My First Day tells stories of those who've come to San Diego from elsewhere and now call it home. Ron's story after the break. Long ago, when the public square was the only place to share news, events, and happenings, people were drawn to it. Living in community with others was the route to understanding each other and the world around us. The public square has changed dramatically, but our need to learn and understand one another has it. This is Port of Entry. The Park Edison Project. Listener-supported KPBS Cinema Junkie. Thank you for listening to KPBS Podcast and for being part of our region's virtual public square, where you learn not only about the headlines of the day, but about culture, music, and the issues that are important to all of us. Help keep the virtual square alive and well. Support podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. Just go to kpbs.org, click the blue Give Now button, and make a donation. And thanks again. Welcome back. Here's Ron Patterson with his story of... My First Day. Uh, the main deciding factor was I threw a dart at the dartboard and I really wanted to, I wanted to, at that time, get away from being in the middle of nowhere. And I basically, I'm a good shot with darts. And so like I said, I basically knew kind of the area I wanted to hit, but it could have been anywhere up and down the California coast at 20 feet. You know. But San Diego seemed to be perfect. Once I got hit, the dart hit there, I decided that it was where I was going to go. And I planned on coming out in an RV, but uh, Murphy's Law has it that the RV broke down <laughs> five days before I was planning on travel. That tr transmission went out. So all I could do was drop everything, and I decided to hitchhike. But it took me 28 days to get here from Oregon. But I had a dog with me. And I was not in any hurry. Not really. After even 15 days, it seemed like that was going to be my life. The rest of my life was sticking out my thumb and trying to catch a ride with people that don't want to give you a ride. <laughs> You know, you're standing there in the same spot for hours and hours and hours and hours, and sometimes days in the same spot, trying to get a ride out of there, and nobody wants to give you a ride. Because you got a dog. 
And at the time, I had long hair, so long hair and a dog. <laughs> After the long, slow journey down the West Coast, Ron drew close to his final destination, the Ocean Beach section of San Diego, a beach community known for its hippie, laid-back vibe and of never fully letting go of the 1960s. Why did you choose OB? While I was hitchhiking, one person that gave me a ride said, oh, well, since you've got a dog, you should go to Dog Beach. And my dog, never, my dog loved water and had never been in an ocean and I, I figured, well, take him to Ocean Beach or take her to Ocean Beach and let her play. And so I, Ocean Beach. Well, actually, I got to Ocean Beach about midnight. I, could, I, I was watching the fireworks go off as I was walking, you know, through Mission Bay, you know, Mission Bay Park, coming towards Ocean Beach. Was, and then as I was going along, I'm trying to see if I could find a place to sleep for the night. Start out fresh in the morning, but I didn't actually find any spot until I hit the beach and saw people sleeping out there illegally. Of course, I found out, but you know, I thought, oh, all right, I can sleep right on the beach. Dog Beach was empty, but the fire pits had people around every one of them, and the park entrance there in the parking lot where the main bathrooms are, and stuff was, you know, people partying, you know, lots of younger people, and so I, I thought, you know. It was a, just like what you would see in the movies. And then I had to try to find myself a place to sleep for the night. And, and from that day forward, I just, what I ended up doing is finding places to sleep. Well, at first I thought it was paradise. I mean, palm trees and warm weather. Of course, I, I arrived here around my birthday, which is middle of July. And it's perfect weather, and I enjoyed it. Well, yeah, I was just, yeah, basically playing the, playing the beach bum. You know, that's something, once again, I had never done before and thought it'd be cool. I mean, I, Elvis Presley, you know, that sort of thing. That's what I've, all I ever knew about anything that was like that at all. I'd never even knew that there was a community that was even similar to Ocean Beach. You know, when I saw the kickback, relaxed, especially the first week, you know, I, I hadn't really got set into what's what, and, you know, I didn't realize that the cops really don't like it. You know, I wasn't considering myself homeless then. I was just, like I say, I was considering myself a, a beach mom. I was just trying to relax and vacation. That's what I was telling people. I was mom vacation. Coming up? It's like all of a sudden if you were put onto another world where everything's so opposite of what you were used to. Ron's journey continues right after this. Long ago, when the public square was the only place to share news, events, and happenings, people were drawn to it. Living in community with others was the route to understanding each other and the world around us. The public square has changed dramatically, but our need to learn and understand one another has it. This is Port of Entry, the Parker Edison Project. Listener supported KPBS Cinema Junkie. Thank you for listening to KPBS Podcasts and for being part of our region's virtual public square. 
where you learn not only about the headlines of the day, but about culture, music, and the issues that are important to all of us. Help keep the virtual square alive and well. Support podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. Just go to kpbs.org, click the blue Give Now button, and make a donation. And thanks again. Welcome back. Once Ron arrived, worn out from his long trip, he soon noticed how quickly people judged him based on his appearance. People, I don't care wherever you go, people there are the same. You know, there are people that are jerks, there are people that are thieves, there are predators, and there are prey. There are homeless, and then there are people that work. And all of them are all the same. No matter what their category is, they're still human. And he, I don't know, part of my reason I don't like people is because I've been screwed over too many times in my life by people. So I tried to re-socialize myself, but coming into town, I couldn't go into a bar without being harassed because I looked like I was homeless. Well, okay, I can understand that, sort of. You know, I'm not as clean as I... If I had a home, not that I didn't want to be, but in Ocean Beach or anywhere, there's no hot showers for homeless people. After being a month out on the road hitchhiking, you know, and when you're hitchhiking, you don't carry much stuff. You carry, you know, one change of clothes, you know, you've got very minimal stuff. So, you know, your clothes aren't as clean as they could be. There's nowhere to shower along the way, so, you know, you're dirty. You've got a scraggly-looking beard. And people are rude. They automatically pin you as, you know, vagabond, homeless, troublemaker. Whether you are or not. Ron remembers having a job waiting for him upon his arrival. But losing his ID along the way helped to pull him in a different direction. Still, he needed to find ways to get by. I was noticing the people canning the beach. You know, going around collecting cans on the beach. Because drinking is still legal there. And there's these people walking around from, from group to group, gathering up their cans. So I said, well, I can do that. And so I started canning that way. And making money there? Yeah, making money. I was making oh, enough to survive. I'd go from Dog Beach, walk all the way down to where the recycle center was out, downtown Ocean Beach. It was right behind Rite Aid. And then I'd cash my cans in and I'd walk back to Dog Beach, canning on the way, sit down and relax for a little bit and get up and go do it again. It was like a route. But after about two weeks of that, I found out the best way to do it. This is when I finally decided I'd get myself a home camp you know, make it hidden so no one would see it. Because I found out you're not, it's not legal to do this, you know. So, it, and the best ways to do that was to make sure there's no garbage. I mean, you pick up your garbage. You don't, sh- don't defecate or pee around your area. And you don't steal from people. With those things going and a well-hidden campsite, you're basically okay. Well, it was a process 
During the whole time I was homeless, I had probably had over 150 different camps. You know, there was, uh, there's, most of them were, you know, I, I learned by trial and error where to camp, where not to camp, who to camp by. I basically became a night person. I am, still am a night person. I, my days consist of, I wake up normally, and this has been this way since I've basically been here. I wake up about four o'clock in the afternoon and wouldn't go to sleep till four o'clock in the morning. And it'd be a 12 hour day, but you can can easier at nighttime. Uh, you get less harassment, you know, and if you're up and about at nighttime, the cops can't see you sleeping. So you can't, it's, cops don't give camping tickets during the daytime. And we all had our own little routes and stuff, and everybody trying not to step on each other's shoes. Uh, you learn how to stay away from the predators that way. And there are predators out there, especially amongst the homeless. I do homeless people into three categories. One category is, like I said, the settled ones, the ones that have been in the same spot. The old ones, they learn that the best way to get by in life is to stay hidden from you. Then you have the predator homeless type that they are in and out of jail so much, but they, they don't work because they have no good. Once you become homeless, it's extremely hard to become not homeless because the more you're drawn into the homeless life, the worst it is to get back. I ended up liking it, my problems. I liked it. I liked it enough because it's, I liked it, the lifestyle up until when I started getting sore and getting old. Then I started, you know, I had to do something else. This change did not come easily. It started when his longtime camp was found by the police and led Ron to a short stint in jail, which helped push him to try something different. It also left him with mixed feelings about how the police treated him. I would go up in there and I'd give that cop a hug or I'd shake his hand and tell him thank you, even though I disliked what he did with me for me. I would probably mention the fact that I really disliked what he did, but I'd say I'd thank him for, for it because without that push, like I said, I'd probably be dead right now. Because not from predators I can protect myself, but from wear and tear, so many homeless that have been homeless for a long time that are my age are dying. With the help of a couple dedicated social workers who helped Ron navigate housing programs for veterans, Ron got placement in a temporary housing unit and eventually got his own apartment. For Ron, finding a home was a long time coming, but by no means an easy transition. I loved it and I hated it. I truly did. The freedom of not having to worry about making payments, bills, and stuff, uh, being able to roam free. Now I have bills. Uh, this, like I say, is an alien environment to me. Seriously alien. I don't know if anybody could actually react, how they would. It's like all of a sudden, if you were put onto another world where everything's so opposite of what you were used to. Ron wrote down his thoughts after his first night in his new apartment, documenting another first day in San Diego. Spent my first night in my own apartment. 
I spent most of the night putting my things away. It felt weird, like I was becoming someone I wasn't. You know, like I was someone else. I certainly wasn't the person I was a year ago. That Ron couldn't and wouldn't go inside any place that had a lot of people in it. He was anonymous, or he was an anonymous person that few people knew, and he called no one friend. I'm officially no longer part of Benny's. It is hard to believe that I could actually, that I actually made it, the place I am now. Really, a year ago, anyone would ask me, will I be homeless in a year from now? I would have said yes. I could not fathom living in an apartment, let alone even being inside one for more than an hour. But look at me now. I am not that Ron Patterson anymore. Basically, what it was trying, what it was trying to say is, I was so alien here, but I felt safe because I had a locking door. Whatever I was at before, you always have to hide anything that you wanted to keep. If you found something, like when I was canning, you find something that's good, you had a choice. Sell it quickly as you can or get it stolen from you. So I had to learn to hide stuff. Well, here, I didn't have that problem. This is the first time in 27 years or 25 years at the time that I could feel safe in leaving stuff. I could leave my phone sitting out on my counter and not have to worry about it being stolen when I came back. That's so I felt safe. Thanks for listening. Our email is myfirstdaystories at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at myfirstdaystories. You can also find me at andrewbracken.com. If you want to support the show, leaving a review or just telling your friends about it is a great way to do it. My First Day is produced by me, Andrew Bracken, along with help from Masusena Garcia and Melissa Diaz. Music by Jason Began. Theme music by Chris Curtis. For KPBS, Emily Jankowski is technical director. Kinsey Moreland is podcast coordinator. Lisa Jane Morissette is operations manager. And John Decker is director of programming. This programming is made possible in part by the KPBS Explore Content Fund. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.